This recording was made on Goringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is, describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. Have you been behaving yourself, Oz? Oftentimes you're catching waves during these events, man. You've oh, got trouble one. in the past. Here we go. I'm not going to get in trouble, I promise. Gabby, little tube time. Tucks under the hood, comes out. He's going to come around this section and just blast Olaf. Ah! Leans right into the corner. Beautiful work. Fins out on the back right there. See the. It's okay. So it's been a while, and, and I've been watching a lot of surfing heat replays. Being, I'm laid up at the moment, not surfing, and so YouTube has just dialed me in like an instrument and feeding me, you know, all the things I guess I want to see, but I don't know if I want to see them or if um, YouTube want, wants me to want them, wants me to see them, whatever. <laughs> They're playing me like a fiddle, but I've been watching a lot of surf replays and, and also taking a lot of time away from talking uh, into the thin air in front of my face or into your ears right now, wherever you're sitting or standing. And, um, and then I heard that clip and I just thought, well, I couldn't ask for much clearer of a sign from the universe that it's about time to sit down again because, I mean, that noise needs documenting. That expression, Strider was a Lewski. Take a bow, my friend. In fact, the whole WSL team... No, sorry, I don't want to say that because I actually loathe the WSL in so many ways, but definitely their forward-facing team, the commentators and the people you, you interact with who are doing their best and then oftentimes like eye-rolling at decisions that their corporate whoever overlords have made for them. But but they're I reckon they're like, they're the best bit about it. They're a lot of fun. And Strider sits in the lineup during heats uh, intermittently commentating, which must be half the best job in the entire world watching the world's best surfers in the world's best waves. And and then part of it must just be pure torture because you can't go play with them. Sorry, Strider. And you can just tell he's like a little puppy with a bone and he's just like, come on, come on, let me over there. Like, let me do some mid-heat interviews and just like, I wonder if that's the direction it's evolving. But anyway. Ah! <laughs> incredible, incredible noise, incredible commitment to the game. Joe Turpel, I mean, that guy's voice has taken up permanent real estate in my head. I watched one heat in Jeffrey's Bay and I just heard him say, Call a pinto, right out on the open face, room to move. And and then now that's all I can think sometimes, some days. Oh, I shouldn't have even gone there because now that's all I can think. Anyway, Davey's sitting in his fire truck with a hot microphone for the first time in... A long time, not not that anyone else noticed, but anyway, room to move. Well, fuck me. Holy fuck. Fuck me. Ah! Yeah, well, we're, yeah, well, we're here again now, though, which is cool, because you and I haven't sat down or stood up, if you are, to catch up like this in ages. And whatever it is you're doing with your life, future roles, probably just think back to this time where where... Okay, so I'm sitting in the cab of my second fire truck that you can... Guys, you can just buy fire trucks off the internet and get them delivered to your house if you want. I've done it twice. 
Isn't that wild? Like you can get your groceries delivered, you can get a pair of shoes or an old fire truck called Trish that didn't know she was called Trish and neither did you when you first met. But then when the name arrived, oh, yeah, obviously. So anyway, me and Trish have become really good friends. So Trish is a 1995 Mitsubishi Cantor, very similar to my last one, which I kind of, okay, where do I start this story from? Like not the beginning because I don't actually remember being born and I, and I actually, I'm not sure I believe anyone who says they've got clear memories of that time of their life where is that, are you sh- like, where they're like, oh yeah, when I was four, I, I climbed this fence and then I fell, but I was fine. But everyone was just like, what? And then, and I just remember it so clear that I just like saw the ground coming in midair and then just realized as a four-year-old, like, here's how to land like a cat. And I just did it. And I just never forgot. And I'm always like, oh yeah. Yeah. You remember, do you? Or are you just thinking about the last time you thought about it and further glorifying it? for your self-esteem and if so like whatever fair enough do that if you want and everyone does actually and if that's yours then that's probably pretty chill compared to how dark you could you could um go with trying to manipulate your old memories but yeah i just don't i just don't bite so we won't bother starting from the very beginning of my story or my truth um (laughs) so the truth is that i was doing this podcast at the same time as working seven-day weeks for about a year. And it all just got, it just got hectic, actually, because in a nice way, enough people came up and referenced it, and I was like, uh-oh, this podcast, Self-Talking to Yourself podcast, or Trash Talk podcast, as it has been renamed, is... Um, Geez, it's a pretty loose zone to exist in and just run your mouth. But but I've found that to be quite an important element of it, to just think by talking and then decide if what I've just said is utter bullshit. And so then 90% of the time when it is, I get to just realize that. And I've saved myself the hassle of saying that to someone in real person. And so anyway, just got... I was also just fucking exhausted, guys. I'd been working every day. And then at the same time, I bought this new fire truck and I just thought the podcast, this podcast is kind of about what we can do in our own lives to connect with the earth a bit more and consume a bit less. Those are, that's pretty much it. It's not about, I mean, much as we were getting a little bit political, it wasn't like deeply political. Especially... Uh, especially because a lot of it was just about silly noises that, that the pollies make. But but then we were also kind of in this dire end of term thrashing from the LNP on their way out of parliament. And it far out, it got a bit nuts, didn't it? So anyway, that's not what this podcast is intended for because that is a very unrelaxing thing to do, uh, is think too, too hard and, and long about politics. So for me, like... The, I just think about myself because I'm selfish, I suppose. But also, like, you just can't... We can't tell each other what to do outright, but we also can't do much about these huge grand-scale problems that are so dwarfed by numbers we can't even wrap our heads around that we're like, okay, well, then, should I just get myself a steak for dinner again then? Or, like, what am I? why am I bothering kind of thing? The matrix of those things is what I find most fascinating about this period of the climate crisis and growing awareness of 
needing to lean on the environment less and in fact rehabilitate a lot of it that we've ruined in a really short amount of time. But we're all sort of on this personal journey where it is deeply personal about how much you care and therefore how much of your life you're ready to reshape or revise and really make much more efficient as far as consuming less and costing the earth a bit less. So I don't know. For me, like I realized I don't think I was really doing... There was space to do a bit more of that. So I bought another fire truck off the internet. And since then, I've converted this one to run on cooking oil all by myself. So the last one I pay, and I say all by myself, like a proud eight-year-old, because I am a proud eight-year-old. But also because the last time I did this, I just didn't know enough mechanically to attempt even the installation, let alone the electrical, the wiring stuff. So solicited the help of some professionals. And I wish you could see just how much I've managed to lose my train of thought because they were so far from professionals. Some professional criminals. Um, I went and found help from some mechanics who turned out to be absolutely useless, said, yeah, no worries, Rolls, we'll take about eight grand off you. And then uh, install it mistake like improperly such that I had to then repair it all piece by piece myself as things, as defaults became apparent, I just had to figure it out on the fly on a road trip, which is, yeah, 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 yeah. You could say that was my fault (laughs) for having some experimental mechanical work done to a truck that I then embarked on a 30,000 kilometer trip in. And you'd be right about that, but it all came kind of good because having figured that out the long way and the expensive way, This time, I just thought, like, I'm going to bypass all of it. And I've managed to do it all alone on the footpath outside my building because I don't have a garage, which is not level, by the way, which is really irritating when you're working with fluids. And installed this thing myself for about 1500 bucks, including a home filtration setup, a very simple one, but working just fine. And Trish has just been loving it. There has been no troubleshooting except for one wire which disconnected and then I managed to find really quickly, reconnect, tickety-boo. Oh, man, it feels good. I, I, like, I hope you don't mind me saying that because, you know, if you don't toot your own horn, some, well, I can't toot my horn, actually. I broke it. Fuck. That would have been so cool to just do a little sound effect for this, but I was, um, <laughs> I was trying to reverse park. Always an intimidating thing to do, let alone in um, a rigid vehicle on a tight street with traffic backed up and it, I was listening to something with my um, wire phones, headphones with wires, because I don't have the the um, alien things yet. But anyway, they got caught up as I was twisting the steering wheel one way and ripped out of my ears and wrapped around the core. And then I was like, oh shit, halfway through this turn, need to finish it. So I had to wind it back the other way, which I think compounded the issue. And then the horn just went off. just went off like so suddenly and so aggressively and continuously. And I realized like, okay, well, I guess these cables have smidge, like squidged down on whatever that button is that is beneath the big button on the wheel. And anyway, it took me, I don't know, seven or eight seconds to get to the fuse box, pull the fuse and just cut it out. But that was a long seven seconds and probably way longer for my neighbors. But I can't toot my own horn properly with the horn, so I've kind of just done it with words and sentences instead. 
about feeling good, about liberating my my need for diesel at a time where diesel is sometimes pushing 250 a litre. That's what the timeliness is just exquisite. And yeah, I, like I've got 100 litres that I just picked up from a, a venue um, that'll last me three or four weeks. And otherwise I just get to stockpile it for future trips. And then going away on trips, I've done two 600k round trips so far and one about 400k round trip. And it's just been, oh, it's just been such a smooth sail. I just couldn't be, couldn't be more happy. So it is part of a bigger project as well. So I'm putting a coffee machine on the back of this one that will be powered by batteries being recharged by the motor as it burns cooking oil whilst I drive around from beach cleanup to beach cleanup where I can trade people free coffee for helping me clean the beach. That's the whole elevator pitch in one sentence. It's called Emu Parade and there's been, I've put so much work into it and I just kind of thought like this is the time to really knuckle down, especially, sorry, especially when I've been talking so much about it to, to the whole world <laughs> slash myself and my three listeners. Hi guys. <laughs> hey again. Um, and um, yeah, that's the, that's the plan guys. Emu Parade. Trish and I are going to go on a big old adventure and I'll tell you why. The reason why is that I wish I wish I could just like project a screen into your face. No, not your face, your brain right now of certain seams of Chef Gordon Ramsay. Because guys, the whole Gordon Ramsay thing, I think I need to clarify. It's it's this it, it, he's an incredible man obviously. One of the most talented chefs of all time one of the most talented business people of all time. He's just grown this absolute empire. And what a lot of people don't know is I'm pretty sure he's done all of it just to be able to provide immaculate, analogous, uh, yet metaphorical representations of certain climate crises, um, kind of scripted, or not scripted, but what does he call it? What do they call it? Scripted reality, where he goes to a suffering restaurant, a.k.a. the Earth, where, you know, if they don't pull their act together, they're going to go under um, runaway climate change. And like, and he just helps them find the passion, you know? He helps them find the passion. That is the single common denominator in, in Kitchen Nightmares, Hell's Kitchen, Hotel Hell, all of these shows. He just wants people to be glued to the present moment and fired up and just committed to throwing their themselves in their entirety. So... So he's just, he's built this entire career for you and I guys, just so that we can get these amazing examples of, of how to just pull out, pull our boots up and get on with things in our own small ways and, and, and incredibly sometimes stubborn and obscure ways where we just need to just like, just pull your finger out, man, you know? And thankfully we've got Chef Ramsay on deck to just put words around this phenomenon for us in ways that makes us feel slightly less rageful uh, because he's channeled so much of it away from us. He's doing the Lord's work, guys. So the original, the perennial example. We've got some issues in here. And unless you're prepared to change, this place has got no chance. And you've had it all your own fucking way for such a long time. And it's not gonna continue being like that. One thing that has to change instantly, you. I mean, how that is just like so. That is exactly, exactly, exactly. It's just. Oh! 
perfect. And so, and so as a disciple, I'm just here to channel the message, guys. It's time to get fired up about whatever it is that you can do. Because we, can't, we just can't tell each other what to do, but also sometimes we're going to start needing to. For example, um, we were going through quite a collection last year uh, of dumb shit that we see around town that is, it's just too dumb for words. So we, so we try speaking about it. <laughs> and, but where it's, this, it's an example of this thing where we do need to at least start acknowledging if not just pointing blatant fingers. But in a lot of instances, like electric surfboard foils, I'm ready to point a direct finger and say, actually, I think that's a really bad use of resources, mate. And meanwhile, Richard, or like Dickie, as everyone obviously calls him um, at the firm, is just like way out the back, just like listening to this (laughs) while he's just zooming along, powered by... Well, a small electric motor, but I suppose a lot of greed as well. Because that is greed, Richard. I'm not going to call you Dicky, mate, because this is a serious conversation. And, mate, when, like, aside from how much money it cost you to buy that thing, okay, it's how much resources went into the manufacture, the travel miles, the, the resource extraction originally, whatever the refining process is to make each component, the assembly of it, the distribution of it, and now your use of it. I mean, that is just preposterous, Richard. Truly, like that is just the dumbest. Uh, how many other things could we have done before this? And so, and so, like when, <laughs> when these guys on electric foils surf too close to you and you just, you, they, you can tell them coming like a drone. You just hear that little mechanical mosquito, like, no, I can't even. I can't. Obviously, I can't. But, but that doesn't mean I won't try. But you hear them coming, and your your my, well, my blood just boils instantly. Anyway, but electric foils is one example. Another example was passenger space flights. When guys, if we've got the capacity to to be nipping back and forth from the moon, how about we take a bunch of rubbish up there and just leave it there? And I'm not saying that's the best idea or a permanent idea, rather, but. Definitely, I'd prefer the most toxic things that we don't know what to do with here to live up on the moon instead. And could stuff could happen. I get it. Yes. Crazy. It could, I don't know, um, attract the attention of, of um, passing extraterrestrials in a manner that they might not have otherwise taken notice who then might arrive to Earth and extrapolate from there. But I, I know there's risks involved is what I'm saying. But also, it, there's none that are going to be more urgent than the very environment that sustains us um, degenerating uh, into pieces before our very eyes. So so that being the case, like next time we go up there, let's take a few less rich people and a trailer load. And like I'll, we can do my neighborhood first. I'll do the knock around. Maybe you can get the U-Haul organized and then I'll just bring it. And you can tell me wherever the space plane is and I'll do, I'll bring a hitch or I'll go to Repco and get a different hitch if it doesn't fit the plane, but I'll bring it is what I'm saying. And I'll just, I'll do some legwork to get this going, but we do need to, to, to cut the dumb shit there, fellas. So I don't like necessarily blame that on Richard, but I'm pretty sure he would, he would have something to do with it. Or I reckon, okay, here's a, here's a pretty, I think, undeniable relationship is this epidemiology? Very good. Whatever it is. I reckon that that if you're the type of person to buy an electric foil and irritate your community with it, 
you're also the kind of person who would shell out money just to go up to space, look back down on Earth and touch yourself. Because that's what I assume they all want to go there for. Because otherwise, what, like, what do you want up there when there's so much to explore here? And, and it's, it can take so many less resources, so much less resources. Then, so you, so you reverse your gaze and you just look at yourself in the mirror, mate. And, and just ask, how much more could I be doing? So I've done this truck. I've got this plan. But I did also hear Strider Wazalewski go, yeah! And then thought, it's about time to check in. Trish feeds on plants, guys. Yes. And go, ah, I got so cut off by a Tesla the other day. Like, so aggressively cut off. And I almost like, like, so dumb, dude. I almost rear-ended you, you idiot. <laughs> but, but... Obviously, you can see so much with it a meter higher than everybody else. And so this Tesla has just come out of nowhere and just jerked in front and then kind of slowed down a bit. And I didn't, like, the only people I know with Teslas are great people. But then I've seen a lot of this sort of, like, really bad driving of Teslas. And that didn't look like a move that the robot AI would have done for you, bloke. So I'm pretty sure that was someone at the wheel. And I always just, like, it kind of just makes me lol but it makes me a little bit sad that teslas have just been co-opted by a certain breed of imbecile um who just mouth breathe their way through real estate sale after real estate sale and uh just give teslas a really bad name because as i say all the people that i know that that have got one are just these absolute legendary people like truly legendary as well by the way not just like hey legend how's it going because I think what that person was trying to say is, hey, mate, I hate the interchangeability of the word legend with mate because it's an important word to to ascribe to people of legendary status only and or, or, or people who are behaving in a certain legendary manner um, in one-off instances until they do enough of these such instances in a sustained manner that they achieve legendary status full-time. But, but when, you know, some 17-year-old calls you a legend when you walk into a shop it's like i feel a bit like i've been slapped in the face sometimes it's so dumb to feel that way but but i do and so and so hey good thanks mate guess again you vape legend fuck it that's another relationship just like the foils and the space flights slightly different position uh, on the socioeconomic scale, probably. But I reckon the person that uses legend a lot uh, in a gratuitous and inappropriate way like that is also just a fiend for a vape and doesn't know how to recycle them. I'm astonished by the amount of vapes around, guys. And I know everyone's got their shit. And, but the point is, I felt, I felt one of those things. They're heavy. And like, I've tasted one. And, and then it was worse than the, than the biggest bong hit I've ever had. And I just felt like I met a demon. And I will never do a vape again. So I don't do vaping, but I, I know what they feel like. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot in them, those things. There's electronics, there's a battery, and it's wrapped in plastic or metal, all of these components. And you got to wonder how many of those are being thoughtfully disposed of. People in traffic, people on job sites, in shopping malls, like it's, there's so much vape going on. And these things are e-waste. To put it very directly, these things are e-waste and I'm pretty sure Woolies has e-waste bins and coals. I know Aldi does. I'm pretty sure electrical stores all accept them as well. 
so what does that mean then, Rolls? You're just like, yeah, don't tell anyone what to do and then just sit there and start telling people what to do. Real nice. Well, a bit, yeah. But but only like, as I say, guys, only the dumbest shit. This podcast, Emu Parade, picking up rubbish, especially, sorry, especially, uh, is just this like dependable way to, to lift a bit of that anxiety. What can you do in your life? And... I feel like now, with the last nine year nine years, the last the last nine centuries or months, I think they were centuries, but or twelve months. I don't actually know when the last podcast I uploaded was, but however many decades it's been, I feel like now I've got I've just recovered a bit of that like feeling of like okay, well I'm feeling pretty pretty on a good thing with this whole like vegetable fire truck routine. So now I want to go out and talk to a few other people and and suss out what they're doing and how they approach it and really knuckle down though on the, I want to say quality, but not in the sense that that sounds like because you know that we can't probably really expect too much high fidelity action on Trash Talk Podcast. Um, I'll do my best. It's like eating a patch of soaking wet grass after a cow shat all over it. Mainly I mean quality as far as in the opposite of quantity, where numbers terrify me pretty much all the time. And 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 I and I and I use them. I know how to use them and everything. But I mean like when you tell me that there is some Josh Biden level million trillion billion amount of tons of something of a gas. I I don't even know what a ton of gas looks like. That is that is like two mutually exclusive things in the same sentence to me. How do you what? And like I'm stuck there, let alone trying to then wrap my head around what a million billion trillion um tons looks like or feels like. I just like I can't connect with that. So I don't think that that's really where my forte is, um, is trying to unpack that stuff. I think instead, you and I and the other people that I'm going to go and hunt down, are just going to talk about it on a bit more of a personal level, I think. Well, I hope. I mean, not everyone is as much of a lunatic uh, as me, and I can't really expect them just to spill their guts oh, the way that I do to use. But, but I'll try anyway, because I think that that's where I derive a lot of uh, comfort from hearing people's personal attitudes towards things I find challenging. That's just like, call me crazy, but that's p- another like mental health thing I've learned about whoever's steering up there that, that that's, that's helpful. I like that and I get a lot from it. So I'm going to try and hunt that down in other people. Um, the main thing is I will do my best to, to just keep it 100 and find interesting environmental stories that can just tune us in a little bit more. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Have we like, have we got, we've probably, that's probably, that's probably way, I was about to say that's enough. That's way too much. Well, hopefully it's not. If you're still listening, it can't be because you've persevered. In which case, thank you so much as, as always and usual. And yeah, and so look out for this video. I'll be putting up a GoFundMe and I'm just hoping it's a weird, really weird feeling, I will say, that I'm about to appeal to the entire world in a very direct, visual way for money. But it, I'm confident in what this money is going to be spent for, which is achieving this battery system on the back of Trish and then 
really scaling up these cleanups and getting people involved and giving them free coffee and a good time. You know, that's just feels like the base level of what I can do to contribute having lived kind of, you know, a 14-year-old's life for 31 years now. So, so yeah, do my best, everybody. And, oh, you know, you know what? I had a really important thing we needed to finish on because I said we won't be going into politics much, but I did find one thing recently. It was the most, one of the most incisive questions I've ever seen asked of a prime minister. And this is, I'll just play it for you. It was on Channel 10 talking to Anthony Albanese. Incredible. Prime Minister, big fan of yours. I used to be a Marrickville boy, Middle Street. Um, I, uh, oh, very good. <laughs> I have a question for you. You defeated um, Scott Morrison. Congratulations. Um, he used to like to be called ScoMo. Will you be called Anal or? <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine? Imagine having. Not just the intelligence to put such an economical question to the Prime Minister. Aaron Chen, take a bow. Bravo. But imagine having the wherewithal to actually follow through and say that. Just incredible. I'd like to be called ScoMo. Will you be called Anal? Or... <laughs> the man's a genius. And I just thought, like, that is... So we won't be just abandoning the political stuff altogether. I'll still be keeping a keen eye on things. Um... But it's whether I bother relaying um, my opinions to you when you probably don't don't really care, uh, which is so fine. And everyone needs their own. Uh, that's like that's good. Good. You shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't. This shouldn't be why you're here. <laughs> but definitely, we're here for the for this philosophy, guys. Like healing the planet to to heal our minds, and yeah, giving ourselves some room to move. Human species giving themselves room to move. Looking down the line for a few more generations now than was otherwise anticipated. He's had a bad off season, but humans are coming back, opening up on a big section. Especially. After a disastrous dinner service the night before, Chef Ramsay offers some words of encouragement. You were cooking like fucking idiots. Yeah, and, and keep just keep the encouragement from Chef Ramsay in our mind. Yeah, I like keep it pause, guys. We'll keep it 100, and I'll um, I'll speak to you soon. And that, my dear, is fucking delicious. 